you were talking there, some of your notes to uh, let go. How do you do that? That is a real process. <laughs> Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> so to let go is, is, it's a difficult time. Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life contains the real stories of individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. Ready in three, two, one, blast off. Sure. Awesome. Hey, Amber. Howdy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Plugged in Media Network Studio, Ryan and Amber here from Darkness to Life. That's a whole different way to start this episode. I don't think we've ever started it like that before. And I it like it. doesn't matter. <laughs> right? does not. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm really good. What does that mean? Well, I'm on the spot. I, I guess I'm good. I feel good. I'm happy. I feel like I'm excited for summer to come. I like the warm weather. Yeah. But I feel burnt out from work for sure. So I'm like looking forward to some time off. Where you spend most of your time off in the mountains or camping, don't you? Yeah. And camping as many times as I can. Are you a bougie camper with a fifth wheel or are you a tent camper? Um, I, I have a trailer, but I don't have a big bougie trailer. It's not bougie? No. It's got marble countertops? (laughs) Yes, it does. Oh, come on. (laughs) I'm not bougie, but I have marble in the woods. I, I, I don't want a tent anymore. I, I am that snobby that I've come out of the tenting era, but. Here's where we decide, I think, if it's bougie or not. How many slides does your trailer have? One. Oh, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's quite bougie then. Yeah. Like I think you basic. I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> classy to trashy. Classy to trashy. You're slowly going trashy to classy. Yes. You've switched to lifestyles. I'm, I'm coming around. Good for you. <laughs> hey, we have Brian joining us from the West Coast again today. He was a previous guest earlier this season, a recovery coach facilitator for Orca out in White Rock, I believe. Is that correct, Brian? That's it. Awesome, yeah. man. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Good thanks, to be here. Thanks for joining us on short notice again. We uh, had a few hiccups this morning and suddenly we were like, let's get Brian because it's not like he's got anything better to do, but hang out with us. <laughs> 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 Brian you know always has a lot really of good does. things to say. <laughs> awesome. For sure. Yeah. So how's uh, recovery coach training going lately? Great. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome, especially, I mean, we got from West Coast to East Coast. Yeah. Like pretty well everybody from every, uh, people from every province and we do the monthly meeting with everybody and it's, it's really taken off and uh, coaching is starting to get noticed. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And that's, that's the coolest thing I think is because, you know, a couple of years ago, it really wasn't a thing in Canada anyway. Recovery coaching was a a foreign concept that very few people knew about. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think has been the biggest difference over the last couple of years? What do you think really started to spearhead this movement? Well, I think a lot of it is uh, the coaches starting to put themselves out there. Yeah. And saying, you know, going to their community and especially what you guys do over there, right? OCJ. You're out in the community saying, hey, here's what we do. Here's what coaching is. Give us a try. Yeah. And let's let's see that it works. We can show you that it really works. And uh, I believe that's that's what's really happening behind it is finally the coaches are saying, look, 
here we are. Listen to us. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's starting to take off. It's cool. Yeah, I think it's amazing. How much of the like the opioid crisis and and you know the drug crisis of during COVID and the, all the talk of mental health has helped amp up recovery coaching and how we help people in in addiction and mental health? Do you think that's played a big part in it as well? Seems like we're having more conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean that probably has had some help on it for sure because. I mean, even before the opiate crisis, I mean, out here, we, the opiate crisis has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? A lot of years. And it hasn't changed anything. And then when, uh, when the COVID came in, I think that that might be part of what opened it up. Because with COVID and Zoom, just like we're doing now, like it just opened up the world. And people started looking at and saying, you know, I need a little bit more. There's something else that I need that I'm missing. And I think, I know for myself, parts that were missing was uh, self-efficacy and, and the empowerment and all that. And that's what you get from coaching. Yeah. Right? And that's where I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think that's where a lot of it really started. When, when the Zoom started opening up, and I know with us, we jumped into Zoom right away and we started training online right away and people weren't sure how it was going to work right and i mean you both took it and the breakout rooms and the connections from all across canada and the relationships is fantastic like it went way beyond what we ever thought would happen yeah i think that's been one of the coolest takeaways for me since you know that obviously there's some really beneficial parts to being a recovery coach getting to help people right in a whole different way but Personally, one of the coolest things has been all these connections with other recovery coaches across the country. Because I know I weekly talk to somebody in Saskatchewan, Ontario. Once in a while, we talked to Greg out in New Brunswick. We talked to lots of people in Vancouver and around BC. And prior to Zoom and prior to recovery coaching, those people were non-existent to us here in Medicine Hat because we didn't have any way to connect with them or we didn't know who they were. Yeah, the the open connection we have and meeting every month and getting to know everybody and expanding that has been super helpful. I know the last time I was on there, I got really great advice and some good connections from some ladies to help me with some of the women that I'm working with here too, because we don't, some of our experiences just aren't the same, right? So having that connection to someone who could benefit our conversation with our clients here, or people in recovery here is just so helpful. I find that's been really great. Yeah, and that that is a cool thing, that uh, monthly meeting where it's not about any company or anything that, it's about recovery coaches helping each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that piece, and I know we've been fortunate enough to, well, myself, three or four different sessions now, monthly sessions, we've been able to tune in and connect with new, not just the recovery coaches that we went through the training with, but all the ones that have followed us or the ones prior to us tune in as well, and I think the last one had... 18 or 19 individuals that I only knew two of them. So, I mean, what a great way to network and build your, build your uh, network of supports across the country. And that's something we need because we know firsthand at OCJ now that, you know, this podcast and the internet and whatnot, it's gone wherever it's going to go. And we have people reach out from all over the place, wondering what they can access in their community for resources, or, you know, I wish you guys lived here and one of those things that we can answer with them now is, you know, we don't live there, but we know some recovery coaches in your area that you can connect with. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Eh? 
Yeah, just spreading our community across the country. Yeah. For sure, because, yeah, yeah, addiction, the the crisis is across the country. So I think it's time we start to level that out and try to balance some recovery. There isn't a whole lot of recovery being talked about in the country. And the, the more we ramp this up, I think the better. I don't know if we'll ever level it out, but that's our goal is to start helping more and more people. And I know anybody who's taken the recovery coach training that I've talked to, that's their goal too, right? It's about helping somebody else in a different way and helping to uh, just fit in with all the other supports that are out there, helping to connect people to those supports because it's confusing. Yeah, it really is. And like, I know I've, I've worked with some really awesome ladies and I love that conversation of self-efficacy and helping them build, build themselves up. Right. And it doesn't matter how long it takes to get them there, but Mm -hmm. you're, you're there and you never turn your back on them. And it's been really rewarding. I know from some of the people that I've been working with to see their change. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool and see how their eyes open on their own, right? Like they're figuring it out and it's on their terms and it's so cool. It's so freaking cool. Yeah. 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 And the cool thing is we're all talking recovery now. Yeah. Not addiction. Yeah. Right. Addiction's the problem. Yeah. Recovery's the solution. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to talk solution now. Instead of staying in the problem, we're moving to the solutions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think we've talked about the problem long enough now. Yeah. You know, the last couple of decades, that's what been the, the big word is addiction and treatment, acute treatment for addiction. And we've slapped enough band-aids on people that say. it's not quite working, <laughs> right? It's, it's so complex and it, it's a lifelong process. So I think the recovery piece is the part that needs to have a lot more focus here, right? Oh, exactly. And like, and you know, like we say in the recovery coaching, all them other pieces are vital. Absolutely. But so is this coaching to move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And to keep, keep going like uh, where we showed on the gaps, like where, where can a coach fill the gaps? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, because people need help before they need to help and they need help after, right? Absolutely. Like people coming out yeah. of treatment, how many people relapse because they have nobody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When I know going back to, you know, how many individuals you're working with Amber and how many individuals you've helped and when those, when they have those light bulb moments, um, I know, you know, keeping the confidentiality and not disclosing clients or uh, participants names or anything when you text me, but it's so cool to get a text at, you know, eight o'clock at night when somebody that you're working with has had one of those moments where they've connected the dots on one of their goals or have, you know, drove to a meeting themselves or, or finished something on their own. And, you know, that autonomy piece is starting to build in them and that self-efficacy and just to see how excited you get working with them. When you see those moments, I get excited hearing your excitement, knowing how excited they are. (laughs) It amps me right up. Oh, it's I'm always so pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, Ryan, awesome. we're making it. We're making it. Yeah, it really it's is. So cool. It really is. Because sometimes it's, it's a long road to get people to get there too. And, and when you see them, yeah, make those connections. It's, it's really rewarding to see. And you're just so pumped for them because you're like, man, you're going to make it. Yeah. Like, you're going to make it. Right? <laughs> yeah. You just want to hug them. <laughs> That's what I do. Like, can I come over and hug you? Because this is great. Boundaries. We're, yeah. Next, next podcast, we're going to talk about boundaries. <laughs> I don't. That's where my mind goes. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, oh, right See, and the cool thing too is people are starting to listen. Governments. So you know what, OCJ, you guys, you have some government talking to you and liking what you're doing, and mm-hmm. 
and in BC here, I've been uh, talking with a little bit of government and the health authority out here. And I talked with some government in different provinces. They're starting to call up and say, what is this recovery coaching? Yeah. So we're starting to give them a bunch of information. So it's start, like it is starting. That's the cool thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love it. When I first heard of it, you know, I, I had done some research on it myself and then Rick came to me with some recovery coach talk and, and then we got connected with you guys out there and it's just been something that's been my passion now. And I know Brian, you're a addictions counselor, certified counselor by, you know, by, I don't want to say by trade, but you have that in your <laughs> repertoire. And for me, I have it as well. But when I started talking to you about, you know, you prefer to do coaching now over, you hardly do any counseling. And I've seen over the last eight or nine months, that's my path too now is like, man, I love counseling. There's or uh, recovery coaching. There's so many cool options that are different than it's wearing that other hat. Like you always talk about, right? It's, and I don't know where my counseling hat is anymore. Actually, <laughs> I think it's gone. I think I gave it to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. And I even know for myself, like I have my own coach. I've been working with a coach now, uh, or five years mm-hmm. anyway and uh for myself i've made greater gains in the past five years than i've made through my whole recovery i mean i've been in recovery it's kind of 24 years now yes since i've been working with a coach like i've made so much more progress not that the earlier part i haven't but with the coaching like he empowers me he uh he helps me just like we were talking last night like we had the training last night you know, he's evoking what's inside of me that I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's in there somewhere, but he's evoking it, asking the proper questions so I can self-explore. I say, oh, yeah, I do this and I do that. And I know how to do that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do hard shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. When I love that piece that you shared with the listeners that you're 24 years in recovery and you have a recovery coach or you have a coach in your support network, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is something that isn't for day one of recovery. It's not only for that. It's not for two years of recovery. It's, it's a process, right? It's, yeah. And we talk about that in the training that most people in long-term recovery have utilized six or seven resources to build their recovery network and sustain their long-term recovery. And that's one of those pieces is when are we going to add in a recovery coach into this? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like, super important right it's about working on ourselves because it is easy to to get in into a mindset where you know maybe we don't talk the greatest to ourselves and and i i did this thing recently too where i was like oh man i can't really figure out where i'm fitting or what i'm supposed to be saying and like i told myself well you just don't belong at the meeting because you can't really relate it because it was never where you're at and Mm -hmm. i like beat myself up over it for like weeks i'm like i don't get it and then i was like you know And it really just took me having that conversation with somebody else to say, like, I don't get it. I can't figure it out. And then having someone say, you do get it. You just, here's some things to look at. And like, and it really Mm -hmm. opened my eyes to that connection of what I was missing. So it's like having somebody to talk to you, even years after recovery, is just so beneficial. Like anything in your life could come up that you just aren't even thinking about that would come up. Yeah. I think I said come up. 22 times. That's right. It might come up again. Might come up again. (laughs) (laughs) But it's that whole connection piece, I think, right? We we are designed to be connected to other people, not just isolated, right? Because I know just from getting to know you, Amber, and hearing how your brain works, 
um, it works quite similar to mine, right? The longer I stay isolated, the longer my brain starts telling me the most destructive shit. And then I start buying into it and then I'm a piece of shit. And then I don't want to get off the couch. And then I just want to eat a bag of cookies and. I do like cookies. I do too. <laughs> I'm more, we can't five cent candy, so really do for me. <laughs> I know. There's a story, Brian. She sent me, we were talking about the addict brain, right? We we're talking about how candy for us is such a bad thing. Like if there's one, pe- if there's a bag in the cupboard and you have one, one's too many, thousands never enough, right? Never We talked about that. And an hour later, she says, I caved and sent me this picture of this big gourmet bowl of treats from the bulk barn. <laughs> I'm like, shit, now I'm going to do it. Yeah. I was like, I went downhill, which is funny because I first time I met Brian in person, I, we were watching the balloons, actually, at the balloon festival. And I had something sweet or, and something salty. I think my kid was eating chips or something or popcorn twists. And popcorn. he's yeah. like, no, I don't do that. And I whip out like a bag of candy. I was like, do you want this? Brian's like, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anybody who's out there that's in recovery can relate to that piece, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> so true. There was a fellow at the meeting the other night and he was talking, and man, it hit home for me. He was talking about, you know, the normies or people that don't struggle with substance use disorder or addiction or whatever we're calling it these days. When you're sitting on the couch and you have that one piece of pumpkin pie and the whole pie is in the fridge and you start thinking on the couch, I wonder how that pie is doing in that fridge. And it it turns into an obsession for the whole night. And I was like, man, that's so true. (laughs) That is me. And I wonder how many other people are in that same mindset. Yeah. Normal people don't wonder how the pie is doing in the fridge. Yeah. I even, I left (laughs) that meeting. I left that meeting going, I wonder when RJ's is going to get pumpkin pie back. (laughs) Because they do tornadoes. And I was like, oh man. So true. (laughs) So good. If it's at home, I'll eat it. (laughs) Very cool. That's our off-topic candy discussion of the day. Oh, it won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, we can hear people clicking off the podcast, and that's yeah. the end of that one. <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to get a piece of pumpkin pie to listen to the rest of it. More than likely. And if they're local, they better text us and tell us where the best pumpkin pie is in town. Because we're probably going for something after this, too. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Hey, nice. Brian, we were talking there, I don't know when that was, last week or the week before, and we were discussing some of the things that your coach helped you reframe and look at differently. And one of the things you talked about was putting something in a box and then looking at it differently. And that's something that's fascinating. Maybe we touch on that a little bit today. Absolutely. That was, uh, so with my coach, I, I buy 12 sessions at a time. And in them 12 sessions, our first sessions always, what are we looking at for these next 12 sessions? So, and I usually pick a couple things to go through it. And so one of the things in this round of sessions is my spirituality. Yeah. What's that look like? What my beliefs are? And, and you know, as they say in the program, the 12 steps program is, uh, you know, what's the God of my understanding? Mm-hmm. And so there was one night, if, I don't know what was going on. And it was actually when I was over there at the Bloom Festival, I guess, in a hotel one night. Kind of hit me, and I wrote it down. It's like, God of understanding, actually, and with a question mark, and it's, I put maybe, maybe not. And that, and that's all I left. I just left it like that. And then I made an appointment with my coach right away. As soon as I get something, I make a call, an appointment. So a week later, we, we had the topic, and uh, I said, yeah. I said, uh, 
I put the God of my understanding in a box. And, uh, and I said, uh, no, I might have to go beyond my belief now. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's easy to have our beliefs in things. Mm-hmm. And it's comfortable to have our beliefs in anything, like the way we clean up and what works and what doesn't work and the God we're understanding and all that. So we have our beliefs. But if we want to grow, we got to go beyond our beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's where the growth happens, right? And that's something that hit me. It was like, I got to go beyond my belief. I'm not sure what that looks like right now. So I called him up and uh, we Zoomed. And so I told him that. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I got the God of my understanding in a box. And he said, oh, okay. So he listened to me for a little bit. And he said, do you mind if I kind of twist it around and ask a question another way? I said, sure. He said, what would it look like if you're the person in the box and God and everything is on the outside? And as soon as he said that, it was like visually, I pictured myself being stuck in a box. Yeah. And this whole world of stuff on the outside of it that I'm not looking at. So that's beyond my belief. And it's how do I get to that box and start going beyond my belief? And with my spirituality, God, my understanding, and as, you know, that's been a couple of weeks ago now, a week ago, I don't know, a week or two ago that I had that coaching. There's a whole bunch more that's happening. That's no, not just the God of understanding. There's a whole bunch more that I got to go on. Yeah. So it was a real eye opener of, okay, time to start climbing up the box again. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Isn't that? I literally <laughs> imagined myself in a box. I was like, holy oh. shit, I'm in a box. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's when Brian and I were talking Whoa. about that last week or the week before. I was sitting there in the same visual. I was in a box. I'm like, man, how many things have I put in a box? In my mind, well, that's that's where that goes. This is where this goes. This is as far as I believe in that. And then when you started talking about that, I'm like, man, I'm encompassed in this box. And all these things are out there and I'm limited myself based on my beliefs and my experience that, yeah. And that's the, I love that piece about it. That's how we grow is pushing ourselves past those beliefs or pushing ourselves past there to experience new things. Because if we don't, man, we're just going to be this person for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And yeah. it's so easy to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in the freaking box. Yeah, right. Freaking out now. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> open the door quick. We have a coaching session here, Brian, later. <laughs> that see, is really powerful. See, and that's, that is coaching. When yeah. someone can ask a po- one powerful question, changes. And we talked about this last night in our training. And there's research around it. way we change is not by reading and soaking stuff in. It's by asking questions. Because with that one question, it changed everything the way I thought. Mm-hmm. Right? So one powerful question can change your brain. And that's coaching. Yeah. It's crazy. So, it is. Yeah. I know since you brought that up, I've been thinking about that off and on for the last week or two. Yeah. And like you said, if you wouldn't have asked that question to you or your coach wouldn't ask that question to you, you wouldn't have mentioned it to me. We wouldn't have talked about it today and Amber wouldn't have heard it. My mind wouldn't and have been suddenly blown. <laughs> all of us are thinking just a little bit differently because one question was asked. Yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> and spirituality is. is such a hard thing and God <clears throat> for people to get. And I, I like, I am one of those people. So that just really clicked with me yeah, for right? sure. Yeah crazy yeah, like 
Yeah, I come up through uh, the school I went to. It was a Catholic school. I'm a little bit older, so back in the day, it was <laughs> you. You do what you're told, and if not, you know you might get a rap on the knuckles with a yardstick or a window prop. Or oh, you, you're yardstick old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Ouch! They yeah. had nuns in my school. Ooh, yeah, they and they were real mean. No way. That's and, and that's what we grew up with was the nuns and all that, and. uh and so my belief in a God was really warped. And so when I got out of there, like I left school, went into uh, junior high at grade seven. That's when we just mixed publicly and there was, it was just like regular teachers. But, and then I started smoking dope in grade seven. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, the booze, to acid, the cocaine, to whatever else is floating around. Snowballed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so for years, like I never looked at, and I got back into, in, like when I cleaned up and they mentioned that the God of your understanding, I started searching, and I went to everything Buddhism. I I read books and everything, and started asking questions. And I made up my own belief in what a God is, mm-hmm. and I've been comfortable with that for a long, long time. But I don't know what it was. It's probably something to. I'm listening to a lot of Brene Brown and uh, Richard Morse, another good one. He's a Catholic priest, but he takes. He takes it, puts a real twist on what he says. We interpret the Bible the wrong way, so he's talking about a different way, and it's it's like okay, some of this stuff sounds what did I put it sounds believable, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like okay, it's time to go beyond my belief again, yeah. And that's and then over there, I can't remember what happened over there with the Bloom Festival that I sat in the hotel room and he didn't hit me. It's probably when, was it when Pastor Dave had a spider on his head? (laughs) (laughs) The pastor had a spider on his head? Yeah, right during the the wedding ceremony. That's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I wasn't your pastor. I would have been running around screaming (laughs) like a lunatic. Things have gone completely sideways if you end up being my pastor, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right on. Yeah. One, how, yes. how easy Oops. is it to, like you just said, right? How easy is it to put yourself in that box and not know that it's being done? Exactly. Right. When we're externally focused on everything else, it's easy to put everything else in boxes, but yeah. in actuality, we're putting ourselves in a box yeah. and limiting yeah. ourselves and, you know, putting up our own roadblocks to growth is huge. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's, that's what I love about coaching. It always takes me out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really reminds me of, you know, when you hear people talk about speak your truth and, and, you know, this is maybe a rabbit hole topic for a different podcast, but for me, when I hear that, you know, I always have this red flag that jumps up and it's more, you know, are you speaking a truth? Or are you speaking what your experience was? Because if you're going to base everything moving forward on that experience, and call it a truth, you're never going to grow. Because if it was a negative experience, mm-hmm. our minds are already set to think every time we encounter that situation, it's going to be another negative experience because that's my truth that I've told myself based on my experience. And now I've constructed a box. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Totally. So when I hear that, I always, you know, I always 
I, it's almost like I zone out because then suddenly that takes over. I'm like, now, is that a truth or is that an experience? Because when I hear it in my experience, you know, I would be so far behind where I am today. If, if I said that was my truth, what happened years ago. And I based everything on that one experience and never pushed myself to grow in recovery. Yeah. And that, you know, that's such a huge reason people never get out. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to hope, right? If, if we don't have examples of hope, like a recovery coach or somebody to help evoke that, that hope and that motivation that's in there somewhere, we know it's in there because we've seen it hundreds mm-hmm. of times with people. Yeah. People stay stuck and in the darkness and they don't find that little glimmer of hope or they don't have somebody to provide that, that flashlight to show them where the hope, the direction is, right? We don't tell people anything, but we help them in a direction if they disclose that that's where they're headed. Yeah. And you see that all the time, right? Everybody just is always stuck in that trap of where they're at. And Mm -hmm. that's the coolest part about recovery coaching. I could sit and talk to the people I work with all day. Yeah. Like it just never eats up my time. Like my work, like my paid job, I drives me nuts some days. Like I want a vacation (laughs) from my paid job, but like I am never, ever bothered to like pick up the call from some of the people I work with because you just have some of the greatest moments with them and helping them understand themselves and see themselves in a better light and Mm -hmm. as a, as a different human being than they've been telling themselves for so long. So cool. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love it. It is cool. And that's the thing is, is we're not experts on anything. So yep. I, I was just reading a couple of my notes here from that coaching session I had on this. And, and part of it was I wrote down, uh, so, what I, so what it is I need to do is let go, let happen, and not need to try to control it. Mm-hmm. Because when I control it, that's when I'm in the box. Yeah. Take it in the box for me and leave everything else on the outside. And when we listen to other people, it changes our mind too. You know, I know, like you're saying, Amber, like when I'm working with someone and I ask them questions, they say something. It's like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. Right? It's, yeah. It, they open up our minds also. Like, it's just so cool. Yeah. So even in the course, I mean, we always let people know like we are not experts we uh we found we dug up and researched and put a bunch of stuff together and we're all going to learn together i mean we just started a course on monday so we only had two nights this week and i've already learned quite a few things that i didn't know about from the people taking the house right fascinating super awesome how you were talking there some of your notes to uh let go how do you do that what do you do? That is a real process. <laughs> Teach, that, me. <laughs> Teach me. Teach me, master. <laughs> <laughs> Send her the bill, master. And, and that's one of the things because people say, especially in 12 programs, oh, just let it go. Yeah. Right? And then you know, and, and in religious beliefs. Oh, just give it to God. Yeah. And it's like, how the hell do I do that? Like, <laughs> where's God at? I can't just give it to him. I don't yeah. know where he's at. Yeah. And you for know, the record, the pro- we're not talking about a mortgage payment or something. Yeah. Don't let that go and let God handle <laughs> that because it's not going to turn out. It doesn't well. work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Take it from the baker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So to let go is, is it's a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And so the few things I've learned over the years, and this is just my experience, is I sit down with different people. So it's, and again, with coaching is, is one of the ways we can do it is, is we start to learn steps. Okay, uh, so I want to let go of being a couch potato, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started learning, especially through my coaching, is uh, how, do I, how do I do that? How do I let stuff like that go? So, and this is part of the coaching is, okay, that's me, the person, the couch potato over there. And on this side is, I want to be in shape or something. How do I let this go and do this? The steps, there's steps in between. So the step is, you know, maybe I got to start going for a walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Well, there's action that I need to do to let something go. So same ideas we're talking about right now is uh, how do I get out of the box? I got to get a ladder, start climbing out, listen to what other people are saying, let go of my belief, not try and control my belief. Be open-minded as we teach in the course, be open-minded and listen and let go of, of control. Yeah. So letting go of control, finding some action steps. And, and there was another one too, that this is in the 12 step program that an old timer taught. I said, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, step three, let go, or, you know, give it to God, let go. And I said, how do you do that? He said, do the rest of the steps. Yeah. And you'll probably find out. Yeah. Right? So it's always about action. It's about what action do I need to do to let go? Everybody thinks, oh, you just sit there, like they, or I shouldn't say everybody. I thought for the longest time, okay, I'm supposed to sit here and meditate. Somehow it just dissipates. Yeah. yeah. Right? And uh, not true. It just, uh, what I do is just ignore it <laughs> yeah. until it gets too big and bothersome again. For and sure. And I, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, that's funny that you bring up step three in the, in a program because I've seen, and I fell into that at the start too, where, okay, I've turned everything over now. Now I sit and wait. Right. And it's, it's a, it's an easy way to get to, to stay stuck because mm-hmm. now I've turned everything over. I've given up all my control. Now the God of my understanding is going to lead me. So I'm going to sit here on the couch and eat fucking bonbons until I can't do my belt up anymore. And I'll sit there. And then suddenly my mental health's in the tank and then I'm relapsed and then I've gone back out using again. Yeah. And, and that's that whole piece. I think I, it was so cool to hear you say, con, you know, all the parts about control. Cause that's what step three for me is really based around control for me. I, I, I cannot control everything I thought I could control in my life mm-hmm. and to, and to recognize that piece. And all I can control is me. And usually it's my thoughts followed by my actions. And other than that, the rest of the world is going to do what it's going to do. I just have to reframe it and look at it differently and start with me. Yeah, it's so true. Like, and I know like I'm guilty of the whole control thing when it comes to arguing with my spouse and mm-hmm. sitting and letting it wait just it rages me too. Like, <laughs> I yeah. think I just sit there and I get more pissed off. Like it's never been the solution. If someone gave me a really good point. It's like, you know, if, if you're not getting your point across or it's not like, give it some time. And see if you can maybe reframe your conversation in a different capacity that somebody might hear you or give that person a bit of time to maybe 
they can then sit and reframe on what you've said and give them mm-hmm. instead of just trying to nag and nag and nag at someone mm-hmm. to get them to understand your point of view. For sure. Right. Cause that's what I love to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm working on no nag, <laughs> there right? You go, nag it's not, you. it's not solutionable and it always gets us into an argument. So, but, but yeah, that's what I like to do. True story. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that reminds me of my like, honesty piece for the day. It was, <laughs> Oh man, I love it. It was brought to me, my attention, like early on that, and we'd use this at OCJ lots, right? If you push it, you break it. And that's for me that somebody said that to me real early on in recovery and I can, I'm a visual person, right? So I know if I push hard enough and long enough on this table, I'm going to break it. If I push long enough and hard enough on this microphone, it'll break. If I push my opinion or my agenda long enough and hard enough on my spouse, I'm going to break that relationship or I'm going to break something right so it's that whole piece around control and i gotta step back and understand look at things differently and understand why do i need this person to see it my way because that's something on me it's not on them right so then i gotta do a lot of work on myself and figure out why is that important for me and you nailed it i think it's reframing it in a better way to have that easier conversation instead of pushing my agenda yeah because that's shitty yeah (laughs) that hurts people i've done it my whole life till i was 40 yeah, or take a realistic look at whether you're actually compromising, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And is there a middle ground? Yeah. Well, something that really helped me, and, and I think I sent it to you too, and I don't know if you've looked at it or not, is but it's taking the 12 traditions out of a, out of a 12-step program and putting them into your relationship and working on those traditions in a relationship. And oh my gosh, is that life-altering for me it was yeah there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. in there that i i found really valuable i did send it to trevor i don't know if he's ever read it <laughs> you should go home and make sure he reads that right I'll, <laughs> i will boss him into it he's got 24 hours <laughs> no it, it really was helpful I, like and the one thing i found that was so funny ryan too is he'd said to me like like those nitpicky things like we're like you know, you're driving somewhere and you're nagging at your spouse the why they decided to drive this way. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it matter? For you sure. get there, totally. right? Like, yeah. what makes, no one will die on that. <laughs> for sure, right? What yeah. makes my way the right way right. to get somewhere? And I used to be like that all the time. Why Why wouldn't you go right here? It's way faster. But what? what's the point of starting that argument? And that's where that 12 traditions helped yeah. me and just little things like that to avoid lots of the chaos that used to run my life. Yeah, because like if you were sensitive that day, like and maybe that wasn't something that bothered you, that could just blow For blow sure. up the car in a real quick moment. It probably has. Yeah. <laughs> it blew up mine. Yeah. So here's a question. <laughs> I'm gonna ask coaching question. Nice. So I'm gonna put my feet up, up on Dave's desk. Because we were saying, oh, we just gotta have time and and reframe what we're saying so they can understand. What would happen if you asked enough questions to understand what they're talking about? Sorry, what did you say? What would happen if if you asked enough questions to understand what they're talking about? You would have a way better dialogue. <laughs> right? I, I am so guilty for that. Like my husband always says, like, ask me more. Mm-hmm. Ask me more. Because I don't do enough investigation on how he actually thinks or feels about the situation right like yeah 100 yeah, you it's two sides right everybody has a, f- a feeling in in the scenario 
yeah. Yeah. or in the and, conversation and, that we're or disagreement that we're in. And one of the reasons I, I just asked that because the other day, my wife and I were sitting in the living room and I had an idea about work. And of course, when I get an idea about work, like it comes out of my brain, like I'm ADD, <laughs> like it's over here and over here and down there and around there. And it all makes sense to me. And my wife was getting so frustrated. <laughs> she said, hold it now. You're over here. No, now you're talking about, like, now you're down here. And I love I said, this. You keep up. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was getting really frustrated with me. And I was kind of laughing. And I said, okay. I said, look, I said, I said, honey, this is what we teach as coaching. I said, maybe when I'm doing this, can you start coaching me? I said, because that's, and that's another thing a coach does is we take all these thoughts and we can funnel them down into a stream. Makes sense, even to us. So there's a step process to it. Like, oh, I got to do this first, then I do that, then I do that. Because when I get an idea, well, it's something like, Rick, with you guys, I'm just gone. And I start doing stuff and I'm all over the place. And everybody's looking at me, what are you doing? <laughs> Ta-da, here it is. I was like, oh man, you should get, if she needs some like sympathy, empathy conversations, (laughs) tell her to call Trevor. (laughs) I was like, oh, that just reminds me of my house because he does that all the time. He's like, what are you even talking about now? I'll just jump from one thing to the next. And when we're excited and passionate about something, it's, it's hard not to just, yeah. You've got all these ideas and things flowing and you're just mm-hmm. like rambling off at yeah. 100 miles a minute. Yeah. And that's it. Like the brain's just lighting up and going crazy. Right. And yeah. that's where, okay, let's ask me some questions and it will pull together. But you got to ask me the questions because in here, it makes so much sense yeah. right now. <laughs> right. <clears throat> You've already got the graphs and everything built <laughs> in your brain. Everything's working, connected. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was even, it was even with Orca. Right, like uh, when we went to put Orca together, like my wife was in church. She said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I said, "Here's this idea." Right, I, I've been working on it a long time, but it was it was kind of going down another path, and this Orca kind of came to light. It was like, "Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. And this is what's going on." And and later on, when she got to see it, she said, "Now it makes sense." Right. <laughs> right? But so in my mind, it was all there, but I just didn't know how to take it out and that's same ideas when we're coaching people they know they just don't know how to express it yeah and that's what we're doing is we're evoking all that where the light bulbs are going off and everything else we're evoking okay let's put it into words and let's see how you do this and let's see the steps to it how do i get you connected to them super cool that's really cool are you just brushing out your beard there <laughs> this, is my, this is my. I feel like we're in the zone listening to you. He's just so comfy. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look educated. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> when I think great. when you reframe that question, you asked us. It always takes me back to why am I in this conversation, and am I listening to fix something, or am I listening to understand something? And that's been yeah. the biggest. You know, I took a. Uh, a helping uh, communications for helping professionals course when I was in college. And I thought out of all the addiction programming I took, that was one of the most beneficial classes I took. And when I 
was sitting in it. I thought, well, this is dumb. This is so cheesy. A, a course on conversation. But man, it, one of the things that really stuck with me is listening to understand. And that's changed a lot of my relationships outside of work. It's why am I in this conversation with somebody? And what am I hoping to get out of it? Am I hoping to get use it as a learning moment to learn what they're actually thinking? Or am I just listening to respond and give them my opinion all the time? And that changed all my yeah. conversations with people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm a work in progress. When you're progressing. <laughs> I'm progressing to get better at that. <laughs> you're doing awesome. I, I really am just the worst with my spouse. Yeah. Yeah. But when one of the things that was brought to my attention and it wasn't, a, it wasn't, in my relationship, it was a relationship with my mother. Somebody brought up to me like, do you communicate with anyone else like that? An outsider that was watching me and my mom talk. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't. Because people would tell me to fuck off. <laughs> right. But when I put them in, you know, a different, and when I reframe that and I see my mom as an individual and not my mom, and that is my work in progress because I still fall down that rabbit hole and I, you know, am very rude some days to my mom. And I've, sorry, mom, if you're listening, I'm working on it just like Amber's working on hers. <laughs> We're having some TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> Helping each other. When I think that it just goes back to, you know, our podcast is recovery focused and this and that, but this is all part of recovery is how to learn how to live differently. Mm-hmm. And, and I think. You know, we, we start ditching those old ways of living because I never would have listened to understand in my previous life yeah. <laughs> unless somebody was paying me for it, <laughs> right? Like at work or something, but still I was running things my way anyway. But yeah, it's, it's just totally different doing things for the right reasons now. And, yeah. and it usually involves helping somebody else. It's not about me anymore. It's about what is going to benefit this person and this relationship, this conversation. What can I bring to the table other than just my physical being how can i help somebody today yeah yeah super cool i I really liked the push push till it breaks Uh that's something that sticks for me yeah i'm a visual i need to because if i push yeah we're going to break something it's like the spirituality thing putting me in a box Mm -hmm. that's an understanding i can see otherwise that was just such a big i think spirituality is such a big word that's so hard to grasp for, for people. Sure. How do you actually grasp spirituality? Yeah. Right? But that is putting yourself in a box is just such a huge eye opener for me. Now go back to that. Back to the <laughs> box. I went back there, sorry. Well, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And it, well, the box know, is safe. Yeah, it's safe. You're right. Yeah. We know what's That's in the box. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I mean, that's, even if I know if I go back to my using days, that's what I use because that was a safe spot. If I use, I'm going to be okay for today. Yeah. Even though I wasn't. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, that's the safe spot. You're right. That's the normal. That's what we know. We know what we're getting out of it. We know what the results are going to be. We've already yeah. experienced the consequences. So bring on some more. Who cares? We know what's yeah. coming. Right. And. Yeah, it's pushing yourself out of that box, even if it's just poking your head out of it to get a look around. It's it's that action piece, right? What's the first step? And I think it's listening and uh, having these conversations. It's huge because it's yeah. changed my perspective on that as well. And, you know, I don't struggle as much with that spiritual piece, but there, it wasn't long ago, four or five years ago, I sure did struggle with it. And uh, yeah, 
It's it's that action piece. It all comes down to action too, right? We can sit and have the best intentions yeah. or the best thoughts, even if they're scrambled and all over the map. <laughs> but unless yeah. we start to refocus and get things, like you said, Brian, get things funneled down so that we can take that first action step. What's the first action piece? And then things start to happen. But And that's the recovery coach. That's where they yeah. come in, right? Is to build that funnel and let's gather everything up and let's start working on what's the first piece you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just grow from there. Absolutely. And that first step can be so big or so small mm-hmm. and it gets you moving. And part of my experience, I mean, I was, the place I worked at before I opened up work at, we opened up work. I, uh, I was supervising there and we we're starting to get the coaching going. We we're doing a bunch of research, there was a whole bunch of stuff happening. It was really hard to get it going there. And so I went on vacation and I come home and I called up my coach and I said, I need a coaching session. And we had a coaching session and it came down to the very end. It's like, are you going to take the step? Or are you going to go back to work? And the step was, are you going to do what you really believe in? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went back from vacation and then uh, I remember what the director came down from upstairs. So that was vacation. I said, it was really good. <laughs> and I told him a couple things that happened. He kind of, he said, oh, and he chuckled a bit. He said, oh, you're going to get so busy that you can't come back to work for us. <laughs> and right there I said, well, I'm not coming back to work, just so you know. Wow. Right? And it was that. Like, there was a bunch built up to that. But it was finally, are you going to take the step or are you going to sit there another was how long right and it's like okay here i go get out of the box wow and that yeah. is a big step yeah yeah when i like oh, what yeah. you said earlier about you know whether it's a big step or a small step it's still a step and that's the piece that you know for me and you guys we talk about it in in recovery coaching and stuff right is that bias and also that uh that relative piece keeping it relative to the person you guys spoke about it last night and it's it might not be a big step or a small step for them, right? It, what we see as, oh, that's a little easy step to take might be the most astronomical step that person has ever done yeah. in their journey. Absolutely. And that's that piece of meeting them where they're at and understanding that back to understanding, right? This is huge for this person. It took me three seconds to do this, but for you to do it, we're going to have a cake yeah. after this. Cause that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Or pumpkin pie. <laughs> I like I can actually remember the <laughs> first time I went from paycheck to paycheck and I had $20 left. Yeah. Like I was in recovery. It was, I was ecstatic. I made it through a whole two weeks. Did you work for a nonprofit? I, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Go on. Sorry. No, I was in construction <laughs> and doing camp jobs or stuff like that. So now we all know what happens when you get paid. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I worked up in uh, Whistler for a lot of years when I first came out here. And everything was paid for. Housing, food, everything. And I still couldn't make it from paycheck to paycheck. Wow. Yeah. Wake up in the woods once or twice. <laughs> think, uh-oh, I got enough time to run to work. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Need to have more conversations with you off here. <laughs> 
<laughs> into the woods with Brian. <laughs> Maybe we should have another. That's our after dark podcast. We it talk is. about. We got a couple after hours podcasts we've been talking about, but we'll save those as a surprise. Uh, oh, this oh, is day has brightened me up. Right? <laughs> it's always good to sit and, and have these conversations and. I think they're all, well, they're all in one way or another recovery focused, right? It might seem like we're sidetracked, but these are all things that have helped us and we help other people work on Mm -hmm. through recovery coaching. And it's not just, it's a process, right? It's not a magic bullet. It's not a, you know, and the people that, that think that it's, that it's magic and that, you know, you've been to treatment, you should be fixed. You've been to counseling now, you got it all figured out. It's just not how it works, right? It's it's how many pieces can we put in this to start changing the direction you're headed? Because it's it's a it's a journey, and it's directly correlated to how much work you put into it. Yeah, and the journey doesn't stop, like Brian said, twenty four twenty four years in sobriety, right? Right, and he still puts the work in where he needs it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And it's still exciting as hell. Yeah, right. I mean, so with Orca, like I'm. I'm in my late fifties and I stepped out of a really comfortable job and said, here I go. Yeah. And then this happened and now we're working on a couple other things. It's like, here we go. Yeah. It's getting more and more exciting. Yeah. For sure. It's fascinating. And, and like you said, right. When you start doing that, you take that leap. I think pastor Dave calls it the, the crazy leap or the crazy faith. He calls it. And when you have that crazy faith in something and you take that leap, it becomes easier to take the next one and the next one and the next one. Right. And if you're doing things for the right reason, you know, and this is all my experience, there's some things that haven't panned out for me, but I don't shoot myself in the foot and beat the shit out of myself because it went a certain direction. Right. It's, it's a huge learning experience. And now it's back to that same thing that I mentioned earlier, right? Speaking your truth. If that's my truth, I'm never doing it again. I'm never taking another <laughs> leap of faith again because that's what it's always going to happen. Right. And it's not, it's like, learn from it, move on, try the next thing. And yeah. uh, suddenly here we are today. OCJ's doing pretty well. It's awesome. Orca's killing it across the country. And it all started with these leaps of faith. And let's, what's the action piece? How can we do it? Yeah, absolutely. And the, uh, I can't remember the quote exactly or who said it, but it's that or uh, failure is part of the success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you don't trip, you're not going to succeed. That's right. And you don't learn anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You have to be willing to take a risk sometimes. Yeah. Another works or it won't. You learn. You guys, I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> are you eating right away i am i'm starving i might have time for lunch right away i think that's the, i think that's gonna be the end brian awesome chicken fingers and we fries. started this differently we're ending it differently so funny I'm starving. <laughs> we gotta go before he gets hangry and he was already ramming the desk around earlier so i don't really need him to hulk hogan in here <laughs> awesome <laughs> Well, and well, this is a blast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and we'll definitely have you back on. And uh, <laughs> the topics are endless, right? When we yeah. start talking about recovery, they're endless. 
Absolutely. So many pathways to recovery and so many pathways once you're in recovery mm-hmm. and everybody's journey is different. What worked for Amber might not work for me. Same as you, Brian. And it's just a cool platform to start exploring these things and give listeners the opportunity to hear them instead of, you know, some people are stuck at home. Some people can't go to medians or whatever they can't they don't have a network built so here's a an opportunity to start opening uh networks up absolutely Hmm. thank you guys for today it's been a blast it has really good thanks for just joining us from the west coast on such short notice oh anytime this this is too much fun yeah (laughs) looking forward to park after dark with brian Right after <laughs> Excellent. Okay. You guys work on that one this summer. We'll start it in September. Uh, right on. Have a good one. See you, buddy. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Our Collective Journey is here for you. Please consider supporting OCJ by visiting ourcollectivejourney.ca and clicking donate. All proceeds go to supporting the health and wellness of people in our community. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pape. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Thank you for listening.